Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. It is Tuesday, June 27th. How do we encourage young people to consider vocations of the church? How do we how do we raise up this next generation of servants of the church? Pastors, teachers, deaconesses, DCEs, church musicians. How do we encourage them to consider these vocations when they look at those of us who are serving in full-time church work? Uh, do they see something they, they aspire to be? What can we do to encourage them to consider these vocations, these careers? And then in those careers, what can we do to prevent burnout among those who have been serving, whether for a short time or a long time? What things, what ways can we do to encourage them? All here on Faith and Family. Great topics to discuss. Hope you can stick around for the conversation. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, their great support of Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Find them on our website, kfuo.org. They are in the sponsor section. Look for the Concordia University, Wisconsin logo there to find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin. Joining me today, Jeffrey Beavers, he's the executive director and founding principal of Crean Lutheran High School in Irvine, California. Mr. Beavers, welcome to Faith and Family. Well, good morning, Andy. Thank you, and thank you for having me. It's a real honor and blessing to be a part of it. I am looking forward to learning more about your work as a, a principal and educator, uh, and also about your school, too, Crean Lutheran High School. Tell me a little bit about Crean uh, Lutheran High School. I've only heard of it, uh, I think, once or twice, uh, but always good things that I hear about Crean Lutheran High School. Well, thank you for that. Um, we're a new community, uh, very blessed uh, high school, 9th through 12th grade uh, in Irvine, California. And um, this past year, uh, we celebrated our 10th academic year. Uh, we have had the blessing of uh, enrolling almost 800 students. Uh, and so uh, just have had a, just a real blessing in Irvine uh, to have a, a Lutheran high school to be able to witness to the community. And so it's been a it's been a fun project. It's been a real blessing in my life, and uh, we have a, a really uh, neat community here, and, and 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 just feel really blessed. What led you to consider your your vocation of educator and administrator? You're the executive director at Crean Lutheran and and founding principal there. What led you to consider this this career of of educator? Well, that's a great question. I if I look back, I think uh, honestly. Um, you know, my parents uh, were blessed to be able to send me to Denver Lutheran High School, and so I'm a product of Lutheran education, and that was a real blessing in my life. And I think uh, that example and that experience uh, really stuck with me, and I think the folks there um, were very influential. And uh, I didn't start out in education. I graduated from Concordia University, which at the time was Christ College, with a bachelor's in psychology went on and received my master's in clinical psychology and uh, was a licensed uh, marriage and family therapist, uh, am still. Uh, and so I began to do private practice and um, with a, a young family at the time, um, a lot of the client hours are in the evening. And so um, I really uh, did not want to spend my time away from family. And at the time, uh, as, as the Lord does, he works through people. And I uh, received a phone call from a friend at Orange Lutheran at the time, and uh, they said, hey, we have an opening in our, our counseling office. Uh, can you come over and, and have the discussion? And um, I, I thought, you know, that's interesting because it's been on my heart to really be home at night, and um, yet I just didn't know uh, what possibilities existed. So I went over and had the discussion, and 
uh, started uh, 20 years ago now. Uh, that was with, at the time, the principal was new, Greg Pennick, and he was a great mentor. And uh, stayed there for 10 years as a director of counseling and then assistant principal. And then um, heard the Lord's call to come here in two, uh, 2006 to uh, be the founding principal. So um, just through a lot of support and encouragement and, and, and many encouragers in my life. How did How did your... Your, your your training, your formation as a, your, your education and, and what prepared you for your, and even your experience as a marriage and a family therapist, how does that shape your work that you do every day now as a, a principal? Well, I think in, in all of our ministries, uh, one of our number one responsibilities and priorities is, is care for others, to care for others and to love others. And um, I think that that's super important, uh, really, no matter if we're in the church or a school ministry or uh, even on the radio, uh, to show that care and love, uh, the love of Christ. And uh, so I think um, that background specifically helped me uh, to, to be really wired that way. Um, and, and even further back, uh, my mom is a social worker, and, and bless her heart, she's 76 and still works three days a week uh, at the community hospital. And so I, I just think that was something that in our home, you know, caring and loving for others uh, was really an important value. And so uh, as I graduated from college, uh, that's what I wanted to do. And um, that background has served me very well uh, in uh, some of today's challenges with, with our youth and with our families. Uh, it has been uh, super important and, um, and very helpful. So your mom certainly influenced you in your your direction for your your career path. Who are others that that influenced that that path that you've taken? Well, that's a great question. As I look back, uh, and it's really fun now to to look back and think about my high school years and the influencers, and even my college years. Um, you know, my my high school principal, uh, Dick Glad. Um, I was really good friends uh, with his son Dan. And uh, he was really a special guy to, to us and to, to, to Dan and his friends, obviously, uh, and kind of kept track of us knuckleheads and kept us on track and, and showed us a great uh, deal of care and love. And, and I, just a quick story, I'll never forget it. Um, he was not our baseball coach, but he was passionate about baseball. And uh, Dan and I played baseball for the team. Um, and one, one spring break, he took us, uh, it had snowed in Denver, and we couldn't be outside. So he took some guys in the gymnasium and let us hit uh, some soft, softer type of um, hitting <laughs> balls. And we were hitting in the gymnasium. And they had light panels at the time at Denver Lutheran. And I said, Mr. Clatt, what happens if we hit one of those? And he said, uh, oh, Beavs, you're never going to hit one of those. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, um, a couple of swings later, I, I hit one, and it went through one of those windows up there, and I felt terrible. Um, and I thought, well, I bet my parents are going to receive a bill for that. And, you know, he just uh, was so loving and caring, and, and he said, you know, I think we're using the wrong type of ball. That's my fault. And so he took the blame for that, and you know, when we came back to school after the break, the window was fixed, and I never heard another word about it. And there are many stories like that with Mr. Clad and, and a lot of the, the teachers at Denver Lutheran at the time, my baseball coach, Warren Kettner, and football coach, Glenn, Glenn Kirch, and Rod Sloan, and some other uh, people who just were great encouragers as I look back. 
and um, of course at the time didn't know it uh, and then in, in college really got the same type of encouragers and uh, um, uh, one of my mentors in college uh, now sainted uh, Dr. Garth Ludwig was really instrumental in uh, just some deeper learning and planning in my life with uh, internships and uh, some experiences that I uh, were, was able to receive in college so um, as I look back now, and then even in my professional career, guys like Greg Pinnock and Ken Elwine, there's always been, um, you know, those encouragers and those supporters. And, and I think our districts, you know, are really full of them. And um, we need to know that and be encouraged by them. Um, my uh, district executive, Rachel Klitzing, is, is one of those. And she's a, a fantastic encourager of, of, of Lutheran education. And and so those people are really important in shaping our future, and they were really important to me. Looking at the students today, junior high, high school students, middle school, high school students, how would you describe their view of you know, their future careers and, and vocations? Thinking back to my days in, in middle school and high school, there were like those those top careers to aim for and there were a whole broad spectrum of careers but even in my generation in my family i was the first generation to attend college and and that was an expectation of of me as well as uh, my siblings my cousins that that we would go on at least for some college to pursue a a good career our parents wanted us to have a a good career what do you think are the the uh, our teens perceptions of the expectations placed on them and and perceptions of what is a, a career that they would aspire to in the future? Well, you know, at the high school level, of course, we always hear that, uh, you know, that whole spectrum of what are some of the things that, that students want to do in those popular careers. And, and so I think it's always going to, um, you know, unfortunately in society, they, they have dollar signs in front of them um, a lot of times and they think about wealth and they think about uh, taking care of themselves in, the, in their future and you know I, so I think it's it's our role it's our role um, to to have that discussion with them and uh, not just what do you want to be when you grow up but have a deeper discussion and a more meaningful discussion about who they are and their gifts and and that takes some time and it, and it takes us to sit down with them and um, so I think you know part, part of the hindrance would be um, just their busy program schedules. These kids are really programmed, and um, we as adults need to sit down and have that discussion and be encouragers, um, you know, be encouragers uh, of, of, of careers in, in church work and in uh, education. And, um, you know, I think just putting that Bible verse, uh, Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.12, uh, in front of them and letting them think about not letting anyone look down on them because they're young and setting an example for believers in speech, conduct, love, and faith uh, gets that idea that they have some responsibility too and, and maybe can begin to take some ownership and leadership um, of, of, of their faith in action. And so I, I think that, dis- that discussion really does uh, need to be had. So certainly the, the pressure that society puts on us and the images that society puts on young people to... Uh, to really focus on self and uh, you know big sol- big salaries or or uh, benefits or, or or all about personal gratification seems to be what what shapes uh, future plans for students today. 
any other hindrances or other other things that you think might be hindrances to youth considering church vocations? Well, you touched on it in your opening segment, and, and you talked about burnout, and, and we, you talked a little bit about who we are and modeling. And, you know, <clears throat> Andy, I think part of the problem sometimes is it may be ourselves that get in the way. And so we really need to do a great job of taking care of ourselves and each other. And <clears throat> sometimes we get really problem-focused about about careers in the church. And we, we talk about all the problems that we're having, the statistics with um, teachers coming out of the Concordias would be uh, a problem that we would focus on, or maybe um, our aging and retiring pastors or leaders and, and all the, uh, the open and need for leadership might be a problem. And, and sometimes we forget to focus on uh, the solution, and the solution is, is really um, the joy of ministry and modeling that. And, and you know, through God's grace and prayer and, and training and encouragement, the vitalization of the church and our schools really it's in the hands of uh, our Almighty Savior and our future leaders, and that feels actually pretty good because that's where um, that's that's uh, you know I think our youth are sold short. Um, these this generation, I think, really uh, likes teamwork. They work well together. Um, I think they they want to do good, um, but sometimes they see a burnout leader um, that's exhausted. So we really owe it to them to take care of ourselves and 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 really. Uh, demonstrate that joyful lives, uh, the joyful life that we, you know, are living, because it is very meaningful and fulfilling. How then do you go about? Uh, how do you at, at at Green Lutheran High School go about encouraging youth to consider church vocations? How do you how do you do that initially? How do you nurture it over time? Well, I think there's a couple things that are really important. I think they have to have exposure. And understand, um, you know what what options are available out there, and um, you know a, as a group we talk often about about having that conversation and pulling that student aside and saying, you know, you have these gifts and these abilities, and and you could be a leader in the classroom or a coach on the field, and uh, have you thought about teaching or have you thought about church work? And so being very intentional, I think, is is really super important. And so we, we talk with our teachers and our faculty and staff and coaches about that. And, um, you know, you'd be surprised at how often that doesn't happen. <clears throat> and so I think we have to be intentional at identifying students and encouraging them. And then, um, you know, making sure they understand options. And, you know, sometimes we talk about the problems, for example, uh, affordability of our Concordias. You know, our, all of our Concordias are doing a great job with scholarships now for church workers. And so it's, it's our job to put that information out to parents and students so they understand that it really is affordable. You know, I know private Christian education is expensive, but um, the Concordias are doing their job to uh, find some ways to have scholarship money. Uh, and there are other ways, you know, uh, congregations are stepping up and supporting future leaders. And so, um, you know, we're, if, if there's a will, there's absolutely a way. And I think we have to be in that fight with them and let them know that there is that way and continue to encourage them. You know, we had a young man who's, who's not in church work at the moment, but I, I think of an example, a young man who really wanted to serve in the military, and one of our coaches um, is United States Marine Corps. And um, this young man uh, graduated with a full-ride scholarship, um, ROTC scholarship to USC, and now is serving um, as a sergeant. Uh, uh, in a very short time, and I have no doubt he's going to be a church leader uh, because his parents are both church leaders. 
And so um, just continuing to, to nurture what those aspirations are and, and, and those vocations, but also including uh, exposure to what it means to be a servant in a congregation. And so, you know, students, one of our jobs as a school is to take a look at if students are. And we, we poll our students to see if they're attending church. And if not, we want to encourage uh, church attendance and being a part of a church community. And so um, that's another thing that I think we can do that's in, just intentional. How much of that is a, a partnership between you and parents, between uh, the teachers and parents or others in the, the school and, and parents or family? Well, I think, I think sometimes, interestingly enough, I think the school ends up starting the question and, and really through our, our college planning from day one, uh, having that, that discussion and that rich discussion about students' gifts and vocation. And, um, and then we talk about future planning. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm always a little bit surprised um, that the, you can't assume that those discussions are being had. So really in, encouraging them to, you know, put that cell phone down and have those discussions as to uh, what, what the future might hold and uh, talk about those gifts. And I'm, I'm amazed that um, there are students who will say they've never talked with anyone about what, what their gifts might be. And so, you know, our job in the counseling office and as teachers is to really encourage their, you know, their gifts and leadership and patience and kindness and what we see um, uh, as, as some of their, their gifts. And I've had several students graduate that want to be math majors, and I'll ask them, what do you want to do with that? Do you want to uh, help run a business office? Do you want to be a teacher? Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to come back and teach for me. So I'll actually <laughs> kind of put that job offer out there unofficially. Um, in, in hopes that that plants that seed. So we have to be planting seeds all along, like many of my uh, teachers did with me, unbeknownst really to me. Uh, unbeknownst to you. Uh, when you look back in retrospect, how do you see that now, uh, uh, that, that encouragement from your teachers? Well, I, I actually think it becomes very clear now, of course, many, many years later. Um, and yet I think there's a bit of urgency here uh, for us uh, today in the church and um, with some of our needs that we do face. So I think um, it was really unbeknownst, but I, I do think now we need to be more intentional. We need to have that conversation and uh, be really even more encouraging. And then when we do have young leaders, we need to raise them up and support them. And I know our district has started a consultancy model that um, when young leaders uh, have a problem, they can call three or four or five others and uh, sit down and, and work through the problem with them at no, no, no charge. So that's a safety net for those leaders to, to do well. We want, we want all leaders in the district to do well. So that's an example, of I think, of taking care of each other. Are there, have you seen, or, or maybe you have at Kring Lutheran, um, more formal ways? Well, certainly we have informal ways in our vocations as, as educators or as parents to encourage young people. Have you seen any examples of uh, maybe more formalized um, approaches to encouraging youth to consider future full-time church work, whether it be a student organization or a student club or, or things like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think you're right. A lot of that happens informally, and there's a lot of conversations we pray that are being had uh, with coaches and, and with teachers uh, in those, in those uh, moments, off moments of teaching, where they have that opportunity to do that. Um, one example that I can give 
is um, we started a cohort program, um, and we started the cohort program in uh, medical cohort and then engineering and now business, and, and next up is ministry cohort. And a cohort program allows a student to take specific coursework to dig a little deeper in those areas. And along with the specific coursework, uh, they then have adult lecturers come in and share about their occupation, so they have the opportunity to hear what occupations are like. Um, and then in addition to that, we have field trips for those cohorts um, with universities and, and hospitals and businesses and organizations. And then they um, uh, will serve an internship um, in their sophomore or junior year during the summer. They have internship hours that are required. So the cohort gives them, uh, the ministry cohort will have the opportunity to give them the more in-depth look at um, being uh, being in action in a ministry. So I think um, we're excited about that, and I think that's going to be helpful. We are doing that in partnership with Concordia University in Irvine, and I, I think uh, things like that and partnerships like that are, are just super important to pool our resources and give uh, students exposure. Um, along with congregations, you know, I, I think churches are are um, should be in the game too, and and doing things with with youth and youth groups uh, that allow students uh, to have high exposure of what it looks like to serve in the church, so they can begin to you know, there's that old adage: is it caught or is it taught? Well, it can't be caught if they don't have time and exposures. And I know students are building that college resume uh, and gaining service hours, but. Um, you know, I, th I think that the gaining of service hours for required service hours, there's something that's lost than us just organically making service opportunities for them to serve their community. And so I think that's really super important for us to partner together and be more intentional. How realistic is, how important is it for us to be realistic about church work vocations with, uh, with youth? We'd like to think that that serving in the church is all uh, very uh, everybody's happy all the time, and it's it's all just uh, peachy keen all the time. But the reality is, as servants of the church, whether we're educators or or pastors or uh, whatever vocation serving in the church, the reality is that we're serving our neighbors. We're serving humans who are sinners, and so there there are struggles. There are sometimes very difficult situations that we face in these vocations. How important is it for us to be realistic about that? How much, how much do you share when it comes well, to sharing with youth? You bring up a great point, and, and I think it's a point that needs to be shared, um, and it would be true with any vocation, wouldn't it, mm -hmm. um, that, that there's going to be those tough times? And, 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 and in life, uh, there, there are going to be those tough times. So... Um, I think that it is important, um, but again, I think some folks are working on it. I know I'm on a Blue Ribbon National Blue Ribbon Task Force, um, and we're taking a look at um, issues surrounding caring for church workers, uh, specifically in education. And so, um, you know, asking the question, what are workers making, and are they able to survive? And so um, those are areas, I think, as a church, and uh, in Lutheran education that do need to be addressed. Um, and um, I think uh, the other issue we're looking at is college debt coming out, um, you know, being educated and prepared, ready to teach, but then having, you know, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 in debt or more. Um, and, and what does that do for a student's start in life? That's a, that's a tough one. So 
again, I think the Concordias are doing their part, but I, I, I think that we need to be realistic and in, in aid in planning uh, and aid in preparation for that. Um, uh, so I, I think it's a, it's a fantastic point, and I, I think we have to be genuine about it. My guest today, Jeffrey Beavers, Executive Director and Founding Principal of Korean Lutheran High School, Irvine, California. Mr. Beavers, thanks so much for being my guest today, and God's blessings on your summer. Andy, thank you. Thanks for having me, and God's blessings uh, to all the listeners and to yourself. Absolutely. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to listen, or we're going to talk with our friends from Grace Place Wellness. How do we prevent burnout? How do we take care of those who, those church workers who have experienced burnout? You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee, with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.